Yo, what's good? It's Jake. It's Jacob. It's Nathan. It's Chris. And this is JJNC. We talking sports, baby. So our first topic today is we are going to talk about the game. Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State comes up top 56 to 27. Jake, what's your input into this? My input into this is it's simply not a rivalry anymore. It's not a rivalry. I mean, you look at this game, the Buckeyes just dominated every facet of the game. I mean, it was a close game for a decent amount of it. But I just look at it as this. The Buckeyes played a mediocre first half, and what are they still up? They're still up two touchdowns at the end of the first half. And then they managed to play good football for probably like five or ten minutes, get their big lead. And then next thing you know, they're back to playing mediocre football, and they're still dominating Michigan. My, my thing on it is the Buckeyes clearly prove that they're one of the better teams in the country. I'm still not ready to crown them the best team in the country because this LSU team is definitely legit. But what I'm saying is the Michigan and Ohio State talent gap is so far apart, which makes it not even a rivalry anymore. Uh, this is when I'm going to come and disagree with you on that, partner. Ohio State is the best school in the country when it comes to college football. This team is unstoppable. The defense may have slacked a little bit in that first half, but the second half, they were unstoppable. Shutting down. Receivers were dropping passes wide open. They didn't stand a chance. Okay, I can agree with you on that, but here's where I'm going to say I don't know if, if I'm ready to crown them the best team yet. I just look at LSU, and LSU just dominates on every facet of the ball almost, just like the Buckeyes do. They're just about the same, I think, evenly. I can't wait to see them in the playoff, hopefully. I want them to see I want to see them play each other in the playoff so badly. I want to see Chase Young get Joe Burrow on the ground. Like I don't want to see Chase Young and Shea Patterson because my thoughts going into this game, Michigan was highly overrated to begin with. So I'm not really like fully set on crying the Buckeyes national champions after this game just because they beat a mediocre Michigan. Team. As, That's you, all I'm as saying. you see today, Chase Young was indeed shut down today. Exactly. Yeah, I gotta say one thing. The only way the Buckeyes are going to go through the playoffs and be successful is if Chase Young is not completely shut down. Today he had no tackles at all. Not an assisted tackle. Not a solo tackle. No sacks. No, I don't even think he had a pressure. I mean, I get it. He does get in the backfield. Like how He did get in the backfield a couple times today with Shea, and Shea's freaking out, obviously, because he's Chase Young. But I agree with you on that. Like He's got to make a big impact, and if he's not making an impact, he's definitely not going to stop LSU. But he's able to take Michigan down because Michigan's just not very good. That's yeah. all I'm saying with that department. See, the big thing was today Ohio State's defense was not at its best. Yeah, exactly. J.K., he popped off today with 211 yards, I believe it was. He had 211 with four touchdowns. That is insane. 6.8 yards per carry, and his longest run was 41 yards. I got an interesting question to ask both of you gentlemen. J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor? J.K. Dobbins, without a fact. The thing Dobbins. with Dobbins is Dobbins, you have to think about it, he's getting benched in the second half all the time. He could basically have a Heisman in his pocket right now. He's got about 1,600 rushing yards right now, and he hasn't even played the second half in probably half the games they've played. So really, the Buckeyes are screwing him out of a Heisman, in my opinion, because he's clearly the best running back in all of college football. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor is a top four player in the Heisman watch. That's simply because he just gets some more carries and more touches because Wisconsin's offense runs through him. The Buckeyes are so, so diverse on offense they don't have to give J.K. Dobbins well, a that I don't prove that I, I don't understand is that Jonathan Taylor, when they when his matchup against Ohio State, he was just awful. What was he, like 20 carries, 54 rushing yards, you not know, even a touchdown? You know the best way to see, to judge these two? Have them have the same amount of carries during the Wisconsin-Ohio State championship game. 
to the Big Ten. And yes, what are your thoughts on Who's that, better? actually? What are your thoughts on that? Wisconsin-Ohio State. Rematch. Rematch from earlier in the year, rematch from two years ago. Wisconsin's got to have a lot on their mind. Is They're Jonathan Taylor little, little Is Jonathan match. Taylor going to get his revenge on Ohio State when they play each other in the Big Ten Championship? Nah. No, I say nah. not. That is if happen. Ohio State's defense shows up this time. What yes, I think will simply happen is Wisconsin's defense is tough. They're very, very tough, right? But I look at Wisconsin's offense, and it's literally Jonathan Taylor. So you stop Jonathan Taylor. I'm not even saying Chase Young has to do that. You talk about, like, maybe a tough Borland getting in there and stopping yeah. him or something. Wisconsin ain't going to torch you through the air. Wisconsin's simply going to run it down your throat. That's all they're going to do. Their defense is going to come ha- hawking at you, which is why J.K. and Justin Fields is going to have, have to have a good day, which they did show me that they can go through adversity today because, let's face it, Justin Fields did not play all that great of a game or at least didn't start out having a great game, and then he got on track. J.K. was the one carrying it. I think it's simply if those two click together, like that offense is unstoppable, and then that defense just needs to get cleared up in the secondary a little bit, and then they're completely fine and they're unstoppable. Like I said during this game. Now back to the Ohio State-Michigan game. Shea Patterson, that first half, he was looking really good, about 250 passing yards, and what, he had a, touch, two, a touchdown, I believe? Correct. Yes. But then that second half, was it entirely his fault? I would say Shea Patterson has a huge part to do with that. Shea Patterson is just a highly overrated quarterback, in my opinion. Highly I'm not overrated. just saying that because I am an Ohio State Buckeye fan. I'm just saying when you go as – Sweet as he played in the first half because he was silky smooth. I hadn't seen a quarterback play like that maybe all season as far as threading the needle. He's threading these passes that I didn't even know were possible for him to complete. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, he comes out and he starts 1 for 12 in the second half. Like That's all I need to know. Well, let, let, me, let me interrupt you on this one. It's not entirely his fault. This you had, they, had, they go out there four drop passes in a row. That opening you drive. See, you see, but this is where I kind of say it's his fault. Because we're talking how Chase Young's like a game changer and everything, right? Yes. Chase Young's not even in the picture in this game at all. And he still cannot like get all these passes completed or whatever. Plus, I must say, Ohio State only had two sacks all day. Exactly. So he's not getting the pressured. The offensive line for Michigan did very well. Yes. He's not getting pressured. I mean, he's definitely running sometimes because there's sometimes they're coming back there, but they're obviously not getting there in time. It has to do something with the wide receivers, but at the same time, it's, it's got to be on Shea Patterson because Shea Patterson is the leader of that offense, sadly, because I feel bad for Michigan fans that they have to watch him every single week, honestly. Plus, the running game was not good for Michigan. Uh, yes, they had two touchdowns rushing, but they only had a total of 91 yards. I agree. I agree with that. Now, Shea Patterson also had seven carries. How many yards? I would say probably about 20, maybe. Put a minus at the front of that. Negative 20. That's all I need to know right there. He's not making plays with his legs. He's not making plays with his arms when he needs to. He's just not a clutch enough quarterback to come in and beat the number one team in the nation. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one more question in this matchup. After this game, should Jim Harbaugh get fired? I'm going to let Chris answer that one first. I want to see what he has to say. I'm going to let the white brother take it over. I I say no. I say no, I, uh, because Harbaugh throughout his years has had winning records every year. Now, just because a lot of the Michigan team is kind of shaky, you can't put that all on him. It's hard to pin it all on one person. They got to do better recruiting. They got to get some good recruits in there. Once they get that, build the team up, 
so that they can actually face teams like Ohio State and LSU yes. and eventually Wisconsin and maybe even Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And what you're alluding to is basically what I was talking about earlier, too. The talent gap is just so far away from yeah. Ohio State and Michigan. And I think that's where Harbaugh is screwed is because how I look at it as far as recruiting goes, LSU, Alabama, and Clemson, they're getting all the guys in the south and even in the west now, too, because nobody wants to go play for USC anymore for whatever reason because USC's not very good. Ohio State's getting everyone in the Midwest or in the East. So where's Michigan falling to it? Michigan's not getting anybody. Unless you're coming up from deep north, exactly. very up north. I look at Harbaugh. I think you give Harbaugh one more chance. Do I think Harbaugh's going to be back, though? I, I'm going to be completely honest. I would not be surprised to see Jim Harbaugh go back to the NFL this year because how I look at it, the media gets to him so badly as far as Michigan goes. The Michigan media always is questioning him about the Buckeyes and always questioning him about these top ten. He would probably rather leave there right now instead of keep going on and keep losing to the Buckeyes because, let's face it, he's not going to beat the Buckeyes for a couple of years until he builds that team up. Well, yes, he played a bit. That was a good – yeah, the media is definitely all over Jim Harbaugh. But here's what I think about Jim Harbaugh. I think he's going to get fired this year. You think? I think he's going to get fired. 0 for 5 record against Ohio State. That's just pathetic. You, you were brought to this job to beat one team, and that is the Ohio State Buckeyes, and he still cannot do it. I think the Notre Dame game definitely might have saved his job, though. If he doesn't have that sweet of a Notre Dame game, I definitely think he's out. But the fact that they beat the Irish like during the season, I think that keeps him around because that keeps a glimmer of hope. Yeah, but then again, when they almost lost to Army, that, that's a, that was a big It's a red light right there, yes. I can agree with that. There's just definitely – it's just too – Part of a subject to really talk about because you look at him, he's a god at Michigan. He's a court. He's a former quarterback at Michigan. He's the NFL coach with all these success in the world, and then he gets brought over. I mean, I don't know. What well, What's your opinion on Harbaugh? Do you think he'll be back at Michigan? No. No. Nah. What do you think's gonna happen? Gonna bite. He's gonna go to NFL. Sorry. He's gonna come back to the NFL. I I got a question to propose. Dallas Cowboys. So get rid of Jason Garrett. Jim Harbaugh to the Dallas Cowboys. If you let go of Jim Harbaugh and he does go back to the NFL, where does he coach? He might be coaching your New York Giants, to be completely honest. I would not be surprised to see the New York Giants. Honestly, the Detroit Lions, I could see him because that's definitely in Michigan. No, no, no. Do you think Patricia will stay No, 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 no. I think he's going to go to Baltimore. As a coordinator I, with his brother. That's a good that's a good take. But Matt Patricia is not losing his job, and here's if why. If anything, I like his idea better. Harbaugh going to Dallas because the Giants have already expressed interest in Jason Garrett. So Jason Garrett would come over to New York. Shermer would get fired. Harbaugh would move to Dallas. All right. Well, that is your take for Michigan-Ohio State. Ohio State beats Michigan 56-27. to As we now move on to our next topic, how about that Iron Bowl matchup? Alabama-Auburn. Auburn ends up coming up top off of a missed field goal from Alabama. Christopher Donahue, what is your take? Man, Alabama, what is going on with them? They are the most well-coached team in college football, in my opinion. Saban has done one hell of a job down in Alabama after he left Miami. So why now are they struggling? Is it Tua being injured? Because let's be real. Uh, Mac Jones, I believe, is his name. Yes, Correct. Mac Jones. Yes. 
Yes, he had four touchdowns. Yes, he had 335 yards. Costly two pick sixes. Two interceptions that were returned for touchdowns. And that a, is unacceptable. And QBR 68.4. No, you want to know what I look at? Ugh. Here's what I look at with Alabama, and we talked about recruiting with the Buckeyes and everything. This is a hot take, and it might not be taken well. But who had the top recruiting class this year? Do any of you know off the top of your head? Other than the Buckeyes. Other than the Buckeyes. It was Alabama, wasn't it? It was not Alabama. It was, it was, not, it was Clemson. Oh. Clemson had one of the top recruiting classes in the country. I think now we're getting to the point where Dabo, Sweeney, and Clemson are starting to take over the South down there. And it's not going to be Alabama anymore. I think this is just the beginning of the end for Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban, I look at Nick Saban, he's an old coach. He's an old school coach too at that. He's very like get in your face and everything. And you look at the coaches now. You got Ryan Day at Ohio State. Young. young. Dabo Sweeney. Young for a head coach. He's not really young, but he's young for a head coach. LSU's coach is an exception. Pat Orgeron, yes, he's an exception. But he's like new up and coming, like all this energy. Pat Orgeron's definitely there. Guy from uh, Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, of course. That's exactly who I was getting to. And you look at Kirby Smart. He's the protege of Nick Saban. Yeah. I think this is basically saying that Alabama is going to start to crumble at the seams here. It all started last year at the national championship game, and I know they went 10-2 and this year, but really, who the heck did they play other than Auburn and LSU? And both games, their defense just completely crumbled against them, and they crumbled against Clemson. Do they even play LSU every year? I don't, not think a, they, I not don't believe year. so, no. I don't think they do. They don't oh, play them every man. year, but I look at that LSU game. So, it's the same thing. They play amazing on offense like how they did today, and they end up losing because their defense can't do it, and their special teams is absolutely horrible. they got to fix that defense. That's the only way Alabama's going to be able to save their program, say fix that defense up next season. Sure, they finished 10-2, and two, but that knocks them out of the playoffs, doesn't but, it? But then again, yes. Alabama put up 45. What if Auburn just was the better team today? What if they just had a really good day? Then again. They do have a really good day, but what I look at it is like how we were saying. Alabama comes into this season, and it's like, okay, it's Alabama and Clemson, and it's everyone else, basically. That's how we were looking at it. And Alabama, to me, all season was just laying eggs. And they were basically leading up to the LSU game. It was like, okay, yeah, they're dominating everyone, but they're not playing anyone. And I think that hurts them with LSU. And then, obviously, they don't play well against LSU. And I think that carries over into Auburn, too. Because it's like you play two ranked teams all year, and you can't stop them at all. Like, there's no way you're going to win football games. This is true. Plus, how are you going to do in the playoffs if you get to a point where you have to play those top teams? And that's that's why I'm very happy that they lost today. Because I think if they would have been in the playoff, I think it would have been completely messed up. Just because, once again, they would have not made an SEC championship game, and they get put in the playoff. And they don't even have, like, Tua Tagovailoa. It'd be considered rigged. I just don't think they're a talented team without Tua Tagovailoa, honestly. Like, I think they have the greatest wide receivers, like, you've almost ever seen all collectively on a team. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Very nice wide receivers. They have three wide receivers who I could see playing on Sundays for, like, years and years to come. But really, like, who wants to see Mac Jones in the playoff, to be completely honest? Especially when he's not even really deserving it if they didn't make the SEC championship and they don't even win an SEC. Here's the thing, though. Although with Matt Jones, he put up a good performance, even though those two picks cost them the game, basically. I'm on the bow train. The bow train for Auburn. I like this Bo Nix guy. He's a freshman. I like what he comes in. He came in against Oregon early in the year. He didn't he dominate didn't, him. He really didn't He's not afraid crack. of the moment. He didn't crack. He's not afraid of the moment. That's why I like this Bo Nix guy. Let's look at his stat line, actually. Let me pull it up real quick. 15 for 30. Completion, you got to be more consistent with completions. Okay, absolutely. 173 yards with a touchdown. So he did have an all right game. He had six carries for 44 yards with a touchdown. See, that's what I like. I like how you said he had no interceptions there. That means he's like a game manager. He's doing exactly what he wants. He knows that his running game is going to back him up. 
And he didn't pass all that horrible. He so also was, didn't fumble. Fine. So that's a big thing to note is he did not fumble. There he goes. He's no not defense. turning the ball over. There's he's no just, defense. He's in being a game manager. Oh, man. That, there's like no but defense in the Iron Bowl. You want to hear what I think the X factor for Auburn today? That offensive line allowed zero sacks. Unbelievable. That's where it starts. You win the battle in the trenches. And that's definitely a big factor in that. But really how I look at it, like I said earlier, Alabama's just got to get better teams on the schedule. When you're playing all these really just low schools, like I get it, you're Alabama, you're probably better than almost everyone. But you should at least get like another ranked team in there other than just two ranked teams all year. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I think I, that's just a shame, really, if you're an Alabama fan, that you only get two ranked teams all year. Two, two final questions to close off the topic. What's Tua going to do? Two is going to the NFL draft. Here's what I think. Two is going to go late first round. Before his injury, he would have went early. I would have seen the Miami Dolphins drafting him, but ever since that injury, and he's probably going to be gone for quite some time, late first round pick. Uh, you get teams like maybe the Carolina Panthers might be interested in him uh, because their quarterback situation between Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. But he's going to go late. That's all. That's I think he's going to go late. You agree with Jake? Man? I agree with you. Now, right. here's how I look at it with Tua, though. Here's, here's what I think, real quick. Okay. I think because of the hip injury, a lot of people are going to be questioning whether or not he can still play. Correct. Like Bo Jackson with that injury. I think he's got to return for his senior year. I don't. I got to disagree with that because where I disagree with that is if he comes back for his senior year and he hurts that hip again, what's that, that doesn't do anything for his NFL draft stock. At least if you come into the NFL and you hurt your hip, you're making millions of dollars doing it. If you're in college doing it, you're not making any money. You're that is correct. Money. And and how I look at it, I don't. Yeah, that I, that's yeah, not enough for paying anything. though. I don't not think. enough pay from the college. How I look at it though is this too. I th- I consider really the main two teams that are going to go after that should go after quarterbacks in this year's draft are probably the Dolphins and probably the Bengals. Like in my opinion, I think those two really need quarterbacks. Here's the thing Probably with the Bengals. The Bengals. Maybe the Broncos, but they have Drew Locke. I like Drew Locke. He can he's maybe. He's been on IR, though. So. I know, but they. Yeah. yeah. So we got to see what he's made out of. All right, but, but how I look at it with Tua, Tua, I think is also going to be a late first rounder. And a team that nobody's talking about that might need a quarterback. What about the LA Chargers? Good point. Good the point. LA Chargers the, could draft him, basically rehab him for a year. And then he can maybe, and then if he becomes Tua again, then there you go. Like you have Philip Rogers, Philip Rogers, Philip Rivers, protege right there. Yeah. Philip Rivers is more than likely going to retire this year, and if he does get drafted by the Chargers, he's got the talent everywhere: Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and not, and most importantly, a great defense. Exactly. A great defense. He can just be a game manager for that first year. Joey. Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. All right, let's move on to. Uh, By the way, final score of that Iron Bowl was, Iron Bowl was forty-eight to forty-five Auburn. Now, this was a big one for the Big Ten West. We had Wisconsin going up north and facing Minnesota. Now, sadly, Minnesota got their hopes and dreams crushed. I was rooting for those Badgers. Gophers. Yep. Minnesota, what the hell happened to them? Hey, bro, this, this game was supposed to be close. This was, this was supposed to be a battle. This, the, the winner of this game was, was going up against Ohio State. What in the hell was Minnesota doing in that game? Minnesota. Here's what happens to Minnesota, okay? 
Who? Please pull up Minnesota's schedule and tell me their first couple games right here, right now. The final scores of them. Minnesota might be the luckiest college school right now in Minnesota, football. Minnesota, uh, August 29th, Minnesota, South Dakota State. Minnesota wins 28-21. There you uh, go. Minnesota, Fresno State. Final over two overtimes. Uh, 38-35, Minnesota. Exactly. That, jo- that's it. I think this is Georgia Southern on September 14th. Minnesota won 35-32. And that's really all I need to know right there because what my point is, everyone's getting hyped up on the Minnesota bandwagon and the Minnesota train for beating Penn State. Congratulations, you beat Penn State. And I think Penn State's shown, like, hey, yo, we're really not that good either because Mm-mm. really, who did Penn State beat? Penn State just basically got destroyed by the Buckeyes too. And Penn and State like, can't rely on Saquon because Saquon's gone exactly. already. Penn, Penn State had a down year this year, even though their ranking says that they're good. They're really not that great. So Minnesota's really not beaten anybody overly special. And then, of course, you have what I like to call the laying of the egg after the big game because the Buckeyes are very well known for doing that too. When they go out against Iowa and just get absolutely clobbered by Iowa, like they just get beaten every facet of that football game. And then today, it's Wisconsin. So, like, Wisconsin's clearly a better football team than them. I think it was basically bound to be Wisconsin and Ohio State, like, all year long, basically, because I really – I believe in Wisconsin. I never really fully believed in Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. had no business in that game. That's why I say I think ranking them number eight in the country, that's just over generous right Well, there. you're only doing that because they're they're a one-loss team. And let's face it, this year in college football has been weird because there's a lot of two-loss teams this year. Well, their schedule just proves that they shouldn't. They don't deserve to be in the top ten. Minnesota Not anymore. allowed five sacks. They allowed two turnovers. They barely even had a rushing game. They had 76 yards total over 30 carries. Wisconsin had 35 carries with 173 yards. Great performance from Jonathan Taylor. Yep. So that running game was not there. That Golden Gophers offense was very one-sided. There was no way, unless both sides were working, passing, rushing, as well as that O-line, if all three of those aspects of the offense were working, Minnesota probably could have beat I mean, Wisconsin. Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman, they had very, very solid seasons this year. Like Maybe like some of the best that that program's ever seen. Rashad Bateman's going to be playing in the NFL on Sundays. Tanner Morgan, like he's just basically your typical college quarterback. Like Very good in college, probably won't be playing in the NFL. But, like, they can't carry the offense all around. Like, they have to have balance, and they didn't have any balance in this game, like how you were saying against Wisconsin. And you're playing that good of a defense, you're just going to get clobbered. That's really how this is going to go. Yeah, 38-17 to 17 was that final score of that game. Wisconsin will be moving on to the Big Ten Championship against Ohio State. I have to What's going to be your take? I have to bring one final question up before we talk about that. Yes. Jonathan Taylor, he's a junior. Yes. That means there is a solid chance him and uh, J.K. are going into the NFL. Correct. Will the Golden Gophers be back next year? No. Now that Wisconsin will have something, a a big part of them taken out. I really don't see them going back. I I love P.J. Fleck, and P.J. Fleck's a great head coach. He showed it at Western Michigan, and he showed it this year that he's got promise at Minnesota. Minnesota's not back. Minnesota's not going to come back from that. Wisconsin's just going to reload. Like, And I don't see Jonathan Taylor leaving anyway. And that's the same thing with J.K. Because you look at the running back position, 
when do they even get drafted in the NFL? Like, they really don't get drafted that good. And I know J.K. and Jonathan Taylor are really good. Josh Jacobs did get drafted, what, 27th? He's one of the exceptions. I consider him and Saquon to be, like, the only exceptions, really. Maybe you can even throw Nick Chubb in there. They're, like, the only exceptions, like, getting drafted early. Here's the thing, early. though. If I'm, a, if I'm a coach or an owner, I could draft a running back in the sixth run, and I could still make him great. Here's the thing. Running backs aren't really important in the draft. Not saying J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor are going to be important in this draft, but if they do go to the NFL draft, they're probably going to go very late. I would say maybe four or five. But you get a healthy running back, you have a game changer on your hands. Correct. Example, Dalvin Cook. Everyone thought when the Vikings took him that the Vikings would be just this extreme threat in the NFC North, that they'd have two parts of their offense working very well simultaneously correct then he tore what is acl i think it was an acl tear yeah i think Mm -hmm. it was acl so we never got to see that actually pan out until this year when uh after a year dalvin cook finally became healthy 100 percent. then he popped off so you get that healthy running back they can change your team leads the league in rushing yards i believe yep him or McCaffrey, mm-hmm. either one. Thanks, McCaffrey and Chubb. McCaffrey, Chubb, and then probably Cook. Now, speaking of Dobbins and Taylor, though, who is going to win this Big Ten championship? Is it going to be Wisconsin or is it going to be Ohio State? I got my take on my Ohio, Ohio State Buckeyes. I just don't see how Wisconsin is going to manage to like put up even a fight. I, Wisconsin I really don't. Wisconsin did play Ohio State early in the year, but Ohio State just destroyed them. So we they have, had no shot. We have three championship games already announced. We got uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, which we just talked about briefly. Georgia, LSU. Georgia, you know, and LSU. Here's how I look at Georgia and LSU. And this is just a hopefulness, but I think it could actually happen. Joe Burrow's going down in the SEC championship game. I don't care what people say. I love this Georgia defense, really. I think Georgia's defense, they've proven time and time again they're the real deal. I love Kirby Smart. I don't know if Pat Orgeron or Ed Orgeron has anything really to fully win the SEC. They had a great year. They're going to make the playoffs still. They're going to be like a four seed. But I think Georgia's going to win that game just strictly on their defense. And Jake Fromm's just going to manage the game a little bit. And they're going to have their running attack. Hopefully DeAndre Swift's healthy. Obviously, if DeAndre Swift's not healthy, then that's a completely different story. But right now, i got the Georgia Bulldogs beating the LSU Tigers. I believe LSU is going to go on top, and here's why. Joe Burrow left Ohio State University to be the starting quarterback for LSU, and he's out there to make a statement. I think he's already made his statement, so that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's got another one in him. If he does, then don't even have a Heisman vote and just literally hand him the trophy. Joe Burrow wants to prove it. I bet you he wants to prove it to Ohio State that should have started me. And now now he's doing all this. He's He's number one in the Heisman watch. Number one in that, he's got Georgia, which I think Joe Burrow is going to go all over the, that defense, just like he did to Alabama. He wants Ohio State. I can guarantee you that right now. I say Georgia's going down. The thing is, when you lose to a team like South Carolina, how do you expect me to believe in you completely? Now, there are some games where they were really close. you got to play for all four quarters. you got to be consistent. you got to dominate. They have not dominated every game that they've played. LSU has gone in and just absolutely demolished anyone they've faced. And Georgia has not done that. You see, that's so why I, I do not think Georgia can hold up with LSU. 
That's why I think that might be LSU's downfall, though. You talk about how they've demolished everyone, yes. But what happens when Georgia comes out first and they score the first touchdown? And LSU doesn't know how to deal with that because they haven't dealt with any adversity really all year. Then Joe Burrow's going to go downfield and score. Bama That's what he's going to do. Okay, they did do that, yes. But what I'm saying is Joe Burrow's had so many performances that are just like out of this world. I mean, he's the Heisman winner in my eyes. Like, I think it's over already. But I don't know if he's got another one in him. That's all I'm going to say, especially against a tough Georgia front. I think Georgia's going to win that game. Just a quick side note, LSU's leading A&M 34-0. And that right there just proves even though Texas A&M is not a ranked team, they're like, what, 7-4, and four, I believe, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. LSU's still proving their dominance. All right. Wrapping up the college football discussion, though, what is your prediction basically right now for the college football playoff? I'm not talking about the rankings next week. I'm talking about at this very moment, what do you see happening as the final college football final four? Basically? I like to take this first. Number one, the best school in the country, Ohio, Ohio State, number one. Number two. It's going to be Joe Burrow and LSU. Number three, Clemson, because their defense is so dominant. And then number four, I have to give it to Utah. I think Georgia's going to go down. Utah's going to take that spot. Well, essentially, yeah, if Georgia goes down, there's no way they're making it. It's probably a Utah and Oklahoma battle. And Utah's, Utah's going to win the Pac-12, I think. So I can kind of see that. Chris, what is your thoughts on that? Same Final Four or a different Final Four? I'm going to switch it up a little bit. After thinking about it for a little bit longer, I think it's going to be one LSU, two Ohio State, three Clemson, and four Utah. And why do you think that? Why do you think LSU is going to pass Ohio State? No, earlier in the season, LSU faced Alabama. It was one versus two. Very highly anticipated game. Absolutely. The most anticipated game of the season. Correct. They're about to be facing Georgia, the fourth-ranked team. So you're telling me they're going to face two top opponents, and if they win against Georgia, they're going to defeat two top four opponents. Ohio State, sadly, has not faced a top four opponent. So I feel like the committee will look at that and see LSU defeated the best of the best. Okay, I can agree with you on that. And that's basically if they beat Georgia. So That my, is if they beat Georgia. So my final four, sticking with my prediction that Georgia's going to beat LSU, I think you're going to see the Buckeyes as number one, obviously. I, I even think if LSU beats Georgia, I mean, I can see where you're coming at. I think the committee's so in love with Ohio State and just how dominant they are. I'd probably put LSU there, too, but I think the committee's just going to pick Ohio State just because it's Ohio State at number one. Two, assuming that Georgia wins, is going to be Georgia, in my opinion. They're going to leapfrog Clemson because they're the SEC champions and they're in love with the SEC. Three, Clemson. Because Clemson's beaten Virginia. I don't care what people say. That's not even a football game. Like, Clemson's going to win that game. And four is going to be LSU. LSU's going to stay in there because their their resume is way too hard to put Utah in ahead of them, especially after all their wins they had in the regular season. And to point out the Ohio State, when they, Ohio State versus Wisconsin game for the Big Ten Championship, if they lose that game, they're still in the top four. I agree with that. Here's, here's, my, uh, here's my question. Why are you going to put Georgia – a team with a loss over an undefeated team like Clemson. I'm going to put them in over Clemson, and I'm only doing this because I don't really think the 2-3 matchup really matters, like which is the seed. Really, the seeds don't even matter. Because there's no home think about it. Yeah, it's just who's playing who. So basically what I'm getting at is Clemson and Georgia are going to play together. But I can just see them 
because they think the SEC is a lot tougher than the ACC, and I think the SEC is a lot tougher than the ACC. Because the ACC, we got to face it, had a really, really bad year this year, like a horrible year. The fact that Virginia's in there, I know Virginia was hot at the beginning of the season, but at the same time, it's Virginia. Yeah, Clemson. Clemson's barely playing anybody, yeah. and they're winning, so that's good. But they're not going to exactly. Be than Clemson you, has not faced any competition at all all season. That's why they are undefeated. What do you think, Nate? Jake, you agree with Jake? So you agree with Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Utah? Yep. All right. Now, shit, I forgot what I said. Oh, I forgot the question I was going to ask. <laughs> all right, on wait, wait, next. hold on, hold on. I might think. All right, all right. On to the next. <laughs> we move on into the NBA. The oh, Los man. Angeles Lakers have won ten straight games, putting the record seventeen and two. Jake, what do you have to say about the Lakers right now? I was a big Laker hater at the beginning of the year. Maybe some bias there, obviously. But I'm gonna I'm gonna admit I watched them play the other night against the Pelicans. You can't stop LeBron and Anthony Davis. There's literally no way you could stop LeBron and Anthony Davis. And the fact that they have the role players around them stepping up, and that's the key. They're gonna have to have the role players step up because I saw way too many times as a Cleveland Cavalier fan, some role players aren't stepping up for LeBron and Kyrie. And that team's just going way downhill. That's the key to the Lakers is the role players. LeBron and AD are obviously going to show up every single night. So the role players are the guys that are going to be carrying the Lakers throughout the season. They got the right role players playing right now. Danny Green's been making the threes. JaVale McGee's been stepping up. Dwight Howard having Dwight a Howard's coming back. of some sort. I think Dwight Howard's back, y'all. You look at Quinn Cook and Rajon Rondo. They're doing exactly what they need to do. They come in there. They give their little assists. They shoot their little threes. You got Alex Caruso doing that, too. I mean, they're just, they're a complete team this year. I hate to admit it because I really don't want to say that, but they're definitely a complete team. Fun fact, Alex Caruso in that starting lineup, 11-1 and is the Lakers record. Exactly. We can't forget about Milwaukee, though. They got the same 10-game winning streak. No. But there is something about the Lakers that bugged me. I, what is that? Half of their wins over this win streak have been decided by five or less. They're getting by these teams but barely you see this is where i get it milwaukee had one mm-hmm. within five out of their ten so it seems like again we look back to the college football milwaukee seems to be better overall and dominate more mm-hmm. la seems to be squeaking by part all right of the i have two takes on that this one. is why i gotta disagree with you mm-hmm. that los angeles like you got lebron james and anthony davis two both of those players are top five players in the nba Best team. I can see so what Chris come, is getting at. How come the Bucks are beating these teams worse than the Lakers yes. if they have superstars? Here's where Chris is getting at, and I agree with Chris 100% on this. And this is my first take on it. So, with the Bucks, I think the Bucks are probably the better team than the Lakers just because they've been around together. And really, in the NBA, chemistry is everything. And so, you have Giannis. Giannis is probably the best player in the world, if not LeBron. LeBron is... LeBron's the most talented player in the world and is the best player in the world. But as far as, like, stats go and the youth and the upcoming, let's face it, Giannis is going to be the best player in the world. Absolutely. Giannis is going to be the best player in the world. He might be the best player uh, in the world right actually, now. Actually, uh, Kevin I w- Durant. I went, Kevin Cavs, Durant. No, I went to that Cavs-Bucks game the other night, and Giannis threw 33-10, and 10, something like that, some crazy stat line. And it was like that wasn't even happening. He just did it so effortless. 33-12-2. Two steals, two, uh, one block. My point exactly. So, like, Wait, you, 
Yeah. He did, he did it so quiet, too. Like, you just couldn't even tell. But it's the fact that he's got guys like Bledsoe around him. He's got guys like Middleton around him. He's got Brooke guys Lopez. like Brooke Lopez They work him. together well. They work they together very well. They have a good team. And they have a good coach. They have Budenholzer. Do I, I like Coach Button. But the problem with the Bucks is I think the Bucks are a regular season team, but we're going to get into that later. But what, what you're saying about the Lakers with the five points, this is all I'm going to say about the Lakers. Because LeBron's very much known to, known to do this. LeBron likes to turn it on whenever he wants to. Yeah. So what LeBron typically does during a game is he's lazy. Let's face it. LeBron, LeBron James, that's the most frustrating thing about him. He knows he's better than you. Everybody knows that he's better than them too. And yet he still manages to kind of like play down to them sometimes. And that's probably what happens with these five-point games. And then he obviously turns on the LeBron charm and Anthony Davis is turning on the Anthony Davis charm. And then that's where the talent just comes in and beats Here's him. another thing that concerns me about the Lakers. Doesn't it just feel like that the last few years they just threw all this together just out of the blue? They had a plan going forward with, like, D'Angelo Russell building up through the draft. Then after a while they were like, this isn't working, so we're going to tear everything down, bring in LeBron, bring in all these other people, bring a new, a, a new coach, new front office. Well, you can argue that's what the Cavs did, though. Cause they did the same thing. What the Cavs did, Cavs have Kyrie Irving. Cavs drafted Anthony Bennett, unfortunately. They drafted Andrew Wiggins. They were building through the draft. And then it's when LeBron when LeBron James comes to call and you do what LeBron wants to do. And LeBron didn't want to play with a bunch of young guys and build up a team. Now, LeBron wants to go win a championship. So that's why they're blowing up the team. So I don't blame them for that. They're gonna, they are going to be in the playoffs, probably as a one or two seed. Do I think they're going to make the finals? At this very moment, I still don't think they're going to make the finals because I just – I don't believe fully in Anthony Davis in the playoffs yet. And like how we were talking about chemistry, I think chemistry is just going to beat them. All right. Now, another thing I must add, uh, the Lakers do not play tonight. Uh, they have the night off. Uh, but the Bucks are playing. They are currently winning 95-70 to against the Charlotte Hornets. Yep. And I will read off uh, Giannis's stats. 26-9-4. He's not the MVP this year, though, I don't think. You personally. don't think Giannis is the MVP? This is where I disagree with you. I believe he is because he is, he is like, literally the most dominant player in the league right okay, now. He's the most dominant player in the league, but I look at – I think it's a very close race. Right now I'm giving it to James Harden just because of the numbers he's putting up scoring-wise. I know, I know it's hard. I don't really like James Harden, but James Harden has just got all those crazy numbers. And Luka Doncic – you cannot tell me Luka Doncic is not a top three MVP frontrunner right now. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. I think it's going to be Luka. The you way think? he keeps going. What has he got, like four or five triple-doubles That's what I, yeah, this like, season? He's just crazy with it. He goes crazy. If he keeps us up this pace, it's going to be like Westbrook two years ago or three years ago. I agree. Luka, Luka's the real deal. I think he's going to be Luka and Giannis's league for many, many years to come. Obviously Kawhi too, but I think Luka and Giannis are going to really like carry on the youth part of it. You got something to say, Jake? You guys finish? Yeah. Yes. Do not interrupt me. <laughs> Giannis onto the Kumbo. Is the most dominant player in the league. Okay, I agree with that. He can go to the basket anytime he wants. His numbers proved that he's going to win an MVP again. Back to back. He's going to do it. I'm telling you. James Harden's putting up almost 40 a night. Like, that's, okay, he that's can go to the... Yes, it. yes. 40 a night, putting up points. But Giannis and his team, I just... That's, that's, that's going to that's gonna get him in there. If you would allow me to read up the top three uh, real quick. Giannis... 31 points per game, about 14 rebounds per game, and six assists per game. Now, if we go ahead and... Shaq numbers right there. You said Harden, right? You said Harden. All right, let's go look at Houston. 
Where are you at? Uh, that says. Okay, that's kind of weird. That guy. Okay, I don't think we're looking at Nene. A single name. Yeah, that that guy. I don't. I. I'm not even gonna pay attention. To that. I'm getting a little distracted by. Okay, there's James Harden. Thirty-seven. All uh, right, about thirty-eight points per game, six rebounds per game, uh, eight assists per game. What shocked me most about James Harden this year is his defense has really been that, proven. That's what I agree with. His one point six steals per game. That's very good. His defense is good. His offense is obviously his Where's offense. Now I'm not saying James Harden's an MVP right, candidate, which he definitely is. But I just think Giannis is just I think the right close. person. I think Giannis is the right person I to got, win MVP. I found Lucas. Uh, about 31 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 10 assists per game. This guy, this Luka man is averaging a triple-double. Can he keep it up? I don't think he's going to keep it up. Can he keep it up is the question. Mm-hmm. If he keeps it up, I think you'll have to hand – he is a rookie, right? He's a second This is his second year in the second NBA. Year. All right. You'd have to hand him the MVP if he keeps this up. Luka Doncic has been playing like this ever since he was like 16 years old in the EuroLeague. So people up in Europe, they're not shocked. They are not shocked at all that he's Personally, doing this right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not shocked either. I followed him in Europe. I thought he was going to be legit. I think I thought the Suns should have drafted him number one overall. Thought the same thing, Put him too. with Devin Booker. I mean, that's insane. And then the Kings, I mean, come on. Like, you drafted Marvin Bagley. I get it. That's a team need. But, like, 6'11". They thought, they thought they were 6'11". six eight. And, like, Trey Young. I get you trade Trey Young for Luka Doncic. And Trey Young's balling. Trey Young is balling. And Trey Young's sweet. But, I mean, you got uh, you're just dumb if you pass Right now, I would, take, I would take Luka Doncic Three teams over Trey Young up on right Luka Doncic, like... Mavericks just got a perfect deal on that. And then, of course, you got Porzingis over there. Like, they're set for a long time, I think. Absolutely. The thing that concerns me about Harden is always his defense. His defense has improved this year. Though. It his has improved. Yes. I'll give him that. It has improved. But can he keep it up? Absolutely. My thing, I would probably go Harden barely over Giannis right now for MVP. And uh, Giannis barely over Doncic for MVP right now. I'd, have to, go, I'd have to go with Luka, Giannis, Harden. Luka. Well, Luka has been balling. Almost averaging triple double, but my ranking is gonna go Giannis, Harden, Luca. All right, what do you think? Giannis, Luca, Harden. Luca over Harden. All right, yeah. All right, should we check out some of the other games that have been going on today? Or would you like to talk about the standings instead? What we think? What we think right now the finals would be if the finals started. First off, all right, hang on, Jake. Who's the best team in the East? Best team in the East is Philadelphia 76ers. The, wo- the way the they win. are constructed. They just got the win. The way they are constructed. The Milwaukee Bucks, yes, they are legit. But how I look at it, you got an angry Joel Embiid in there, right? And Joel's pretty sweet. Yeah, best center in the game. Uh, Joel's the best center in the league. Other, maybe Jokic. Maybe Nikola Jokic no. beats him. Mm-mm. I just want to make sure. We got, what, three Cavs fans and one Nets fan. Correct. Yes. All right. I just want to make sure. Because Joel, Joel's going to carry him, and you got Ben Simmons. I mean, you look at the height they got and the defense they got. And he's they got put his three-point shot. His three-point shot's working. defense is so underrated in the playoffs. I mean, you got him and you got Al Horford down there at the bottom. I think that's almost That's what I'm saying. Ball. Al Horford is your power forward. You got Josh Richardson. He's a sweet 3 and D guy. That's that's Us. right there. Tobias Harris is a great scorer, and you got Ben Simmons. It's obviously Ben Simmons. Honestly, and, I really like the heat. I, really I, I just can't get the Heat aren't a playoff team in my opinion, and it's just because Kendrick Nunn Whoa, is young. You don't think the Heat are a playoff team? I'm not saying no. I don't mean it like that. I mean what I mean by playoff team and regular season team. I consider them a regular season team. They're gonna be good in the regular season. When they get to the playoffs, they they might win a series, but I they're not see. contenders in the East yet. Well, I'm saying yeah, that's what I mean. Like 
they'll play good in the, in the playoffs too. They'll probably win one round, but that's it. I mean, I'm hoping, and I think this is what's going to happen right now. I think you're going to see a Bucks and a Sixers Eastern Conference Finals at this very moment. Maybe the Raptors, but I'm I'm not fully sold on the Raptors just because Pascal Siakam. Pascal been Siakam is a god right now, but like. I, I don't believe that they're going to make it to the conference finals through a Giannis or a Joel. I would ask about the Western Conference, but I feel like we already know what everyone's going to say. No, not, not what I'm going to say. Who's the best team in the West? The best team in the West, talent-wise. If you're talking talent-wise, I think you definitely go Clippers or you go Lakers. It's probably the Lakers. But I'm going to make a crazy take. I've, I've stood by this since the offseason. I am such a firm believer in the Denver Nuggets and their system. I think the Denver Nuggets are making the finals this year. I'm going to be honest about that. I mean, where are they on the standings right now? They got to be what second, second or third? They're second, second exactly. So you got you got a team that's been fully together for so long. I mean, we were talking chemistry earlier. You have Jamal Murray can put the ball in the hoop. You have Nikola Jokic, who I was just saying could be the best center in the league. He probably isn't because you got Joel over him. But he's definitely up there, and I think he could carry a team. I don't, I, I'd have to disagree. You got, I, I would also have to disagree with I mean, you right now. You could, uh, and I firmly respect that, and I can see that happening. But like how I said, I think that the Nuggets have the chemistry and enough talent to potentially make the finals at this very moment. Now, of course, as the season progresses, that might change. But I, I just think right now still, I'm still firmly believing on the Nuggets. Well, listen here. Denver Nuggets, they are definitely talented. The chemistry is there. They have a great head coach. They got the they got role players around Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. But here's the reason why I I don't think they will go far in the playoffs. Last year against the Spurs, if they would have swept the Spurs, definitely definitely a Finals contender. But they had to go to seven was it seven games with the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, that's the that's yeah yeah I get this yeah the, the Portland Trailblazers they beat they, the Spurs took them to what. Five, six games? What was it? Correct, yeah. They took them about that. Took about five, six games. Like, I'm going to say, if they, they were young last year. That's true, yes. But if they would have just swept the Spurs, they could have probably been a finals contender, I would say. I would I would agree with you. But right. I can't. I think it's time for predictions. Name your eight for the West. My eight for the West at this very moment. I'm going to go at this very moment. And we'll look back on this at the end of the season see who's fourth. <laughs> Are we doing seeding-wise or just the eight playoff teams? Because I can't really do the seeding. I don't really know the seeding. I'm yeah, just going to say my eight playoff teams. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. My eight playoff teams at this very moment. Obviously, you got the Lakers. you got the Clippers. you got the Nuggets, like how I said. I think that you throw in there. You throw in there the Mavericks. The Mavericks are definitely going to make it. You throw the Rockets in there. That's almost a certainty. You throw the Jazz in there. I think those six I would firmly believe right now in. I mean, I look at this right now. you got Minnesota and Phoenix in there. I can realistically see Minnesota making, but I don't think Minnesota is going to make it. The two teams that I think are going to make it as a 7 and 8 are currently at 9 and 10. I think you're going to have the Blazers are going to get hot because they have way too much talent. I mean, you got Dame and you got CJ, and then you got guys like Nurkic might come back from injury. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo. Carmelo's balling. You got him. I think they're going to be a 7 potentially. You got the Kings in there. I I like the Kings a lot. I don't like the Suns at all. I think the Suns are going to fall down. And I really don't like the Timberwolves either because I don't firmly believe in Andrew Wiggins. I firmly believe in Carl Anthony Towns, but I do not believe in Andrew Wiggins whatsoever. Andrew Wiggins has been balling, though. He's been averaging around 26 points per game. If we were to pick right now, I'd have to say I I believe slightly. I'll give Minnesota a little chance. I'll give Minnesota a little chance. I'll take the top seven. 
Lakers to Minnesota, and then I'll put Portland at eighth. Yeah, same thing with you. I take top seven, except I think the Spurs will sneak back in there. I think the San Antonio Spurs are going to sneak back in there. Greg Popovich is going to tell him, let's go to work. Let's fix this up. Aldrich and DeMar DeRozan are going to lead that team. Um, Dehonte Murray, he's, he's back, but they're both the team's struggling right now. But they're going to come back. I'm telling you, Popovich knows. He knows how to get that team back in there. What do you think, Nate? Similar to you do, but once Zion comes back, and they oh, make, and they make, one, <laughs> and they make one good trade. I wish you people could see my face at this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like you just hit your head off the wall. I, I don't like the, I don't like the Zion take. All right, no, okay. once he gets healthy, and they make a good. I'll pick, give you it. I'll give you it. Let's go. I'll give you. They it. make one good trade <laughs> to get some. Not trying to be disrespectful. Some mediocre player. Mediocre to pretty much. Oh, sorry. They're going. All right. All right. What I'm about not saying they're going to win it all. I think they're going to win it all. I don't. I can't see them making playoffs. East. They're too young. All right. East. Eastern Conference at this very moment in time. I'm not going to do the seating once again, but I look at this right now. Top, really the top seven are set. You got Milwaukee, Toronto, Miami, Boston, Philadelphia, Indiana, and Brooklyn. I really like those teams in there. I think it comes down to the eight spot. Charlotte, let's face it, Charlotte ain't making it. Absolutely There's not. There's no way Charlotte's nah. making it. Charlotte Too young, just has though. no talent. Too young, no talent. Orlando, I think, has a lot of talent. And I think Detroit has a lot of talent. But a team that I could see sneaking in there potentially is Chicago. Because you have guys like Zach, you have a guy like Zach Levine, you have a guy like Lowry Markinen, and you have a guy like Wendell Carter Jr. But really what I think it's going to come down to, it's Blake and Andre Drummond for crying out loud. I think the Pistons are going to sneak in there. The Knicks are good. Yeah, the Knicks, we're not even going to well, talk we, about them. We just forgot about the, you know. The Golden State the, Warriors. They're the worst in the NBA. Shocking. Right. What about your Eastern Conference? Well, uh, Milwaukee, of course, is going to be in there. Toronto, Miami, Boston, Philly, Indiana. Uh, yeah, Indiana, Brooklyn, and Orlando will be taking that last I playoff spot. I can see spot. Orlando, too, but I just think that Blake and Andre are just too much to, like, not get in the playoffs. All right, Zook, what do you think? I, I, I don't see Indiana making it. Whoa. How, I, but here's where I got to disagree okay. with you on that. You got Victor Oladipo, who's not even back yeah, yet. He's going to come back, and they're, not, they're doing great without him. And then you got guys like Malcolm Brogdon and DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner. I mean, they started right. out horrible for the you year. Mind if I go while you research? All right, my eight in no specific order. I'm going to go Miami, Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, Indiana, Philadelphia, Washington, and my Brooklyn Nets. See, you put the Miami Heat at number one. No, 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 not <laughs> no, specific. Seat. I said no oh. specific. No, this, <laughs> is where, this is where <laughs> Washington, Washington. I don't see. <laughs> you are so lucky right now. Hot take. Miami number one. Absolutely not. I, I gotta disagree with your Washington one for one big reason. Bradley Beal. I do not believe in Bradley Beal one bit at all to lead a team to the playoffs by himself. If he had John Wall. He needs John yeah. Wall. Okay, but Bradley Beal, no, I don't believe in him at all to take him to the playoffs. You also got IT. Okay, I don't I definitely don't Isaiah believe in Isaiah Thomas. I do not like Isaiah Thomas. Twelve points per game. Since. 
12 Boston. points per game. Thomas yeah, Bryant's probably the second best player on that team. When Thomas Bryant's the second best player on that team, I just can't fully believe you. All right, all right, gentlemen. Well, that's going to be it for the JJNC We Talking Sports podcast. Time to go to beat ups. <laughs> <laughs>